Oh, I'm just scared, you know, the tournament and everything. You remember a lesson about the balance, eh? Yeah. A lesson not just karate only. Lesson for whole life. Whole life have a balance. Everything be better. Understand? <laughs> Yeah, I understand. Welcome to No Mercy, a Cobra Kai kickback. My name is Jacob Burrows and I am Miyagi-Do. I meditate almost every day and try to be all namaste, but I have a hidden rage underneath. Today, someone bumped into me at the store and I threatened to kick them out a window, but I didn't. And my name is Jim Scampoli. I represent Cobra Kai because I have a tough exterior and a temper that can get me into trouble. But inside, I'm just trying to do what's right. And don't even get me started on my past. despite the fact that we're from such rivaling dojos me and jim have wanted to do a podcast about cobra kai ever since the show started uh the timing was always just a bit off we were busy discussing other shows at showswithyouknow.com so now in the lead up to season three of cobra kai uh we had just concluded cut to black a soprano sit down where we discuss every episode of the sopranos and we wanted to get into cobra kai but we were like where do we start and what did we come up with jim start at the beginning karate kid it's we wouldn't we wouldn't have cobra kai if it wasn't for the karate kid the movies absolutely yeah absolutely no cobra man without karate kid um so we've gone back and this episode we're just gonna talk about the film Karate Kid, the one that started it all, and uh, what we feel about it, and especially how it relates to Cobra Kai. Now, if you haven't watched Cobra Kai, we'll probably... We, well, we might drop some spoilers. We're not going to get into details, but uh, it's basically season one and two have aired at this point, if you're listening in the future, just for reference, in case we drop any spoilers, but I wouldn't be too worried about it. Um, Karate Kid, Jim, was this an important film for you growing up? You know what? It really was, and I kind of didn't realize it or... Uh, really think about it until Cobra Kai came out a couple of years ago. And yeah. um, I mean, my whole thing is when I first, when I watched Cobra Kai, I was actually on a flight to Tokyo. Uh, first time traveling internationally. And the show had been out for a couple of weeks and I, I thought it looked cool, but I just hadn't seen it yet. And uh, it was on a 10 hour flight and about halfway through, I, I took a nap, did all this other stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, hey, there's this show. I'll check out a couple episodes, watch the whole thing in one go. And basically was finishing the 10th episode as we were landing. Like, it was so perfect. There was moments like, I mean, again, we, we're not going to get too much into Cobra Kai yet. But there were moments where I'm just like, get tears in my eyes as I'm watching the show on a plane. Uh, and it really did remind me that, yes, as a kid, you know, I didn't have the the Miyagi headband because we didn't have merchandise like we do nowadays where as soon as something comes out you have all the merchandise immediately so I remember like just tying like uh like uh hand towels around my head and trying to (laughs) do the trying to do the crane kick like I, I I it really is like you forget I don't know if it's because Star Wars is like Star Wars went away for a while people forget that Star Wars went away for a while in the early 90s and then it came back uh, in the mid-90s with the re-releases and then, of course, the prequels. 
And so you re- you're reminded constantly that you love Star Wars as a little kid. And yeah. Karate Kid, I loved it. I probably even more than Star Wars, but I forgot about it because it wasn't around that much. I mean, it would pop up every now and then. There was what there was like a music video that had um, Johnny in it. Uh, there was, of course, that viral video that people want to take credit. They give credit for the Cobra Kai series, the one about how Daniel oh, yeah. is the bully and little things here and there. But it just wasn't in my head all the time. So I forgot that how important this was to me when I was when I was a little kid. Yeah, uh, I'll admit that for me as a Swede, you kind of uh, it's kind of based on whatever's on TV because like <laughs> I mean I just wouldn't I, I wouldn't have seen this unless it was on TV basically um, and I don't think it was I, I remember seeing it I, I was probably a teenager when I saw it um, and I liked it a lot but I guess it was Cobra Kai and I mean I, I felt more emotions watching it on this rewatch <laughs> yeah. I got pretty emotional Jim yeah because uh, I've, I've not watched Karate Kids since Cobra Kai and i mean we'll get obviously on this podcast way into cobra kai how it has no business being as good as it actually is for being like what it is uh but it's a really good show we both really like it um but the thing is the thing i always thought about cobra kai is that it does a great job of pulling things from karate kid this thing that is from the 80s it has all of this nostalgia tied up with it even if you didn't watch it as a young child i watched it like years and years before uh, but it's like it's the same actors and i don't know the the same way that cobra kai draws on karate kid and the whole entangled nostalgia there for me it now works the other way around as well because cobra kai has been around for a few years and there's moments in there of seeing the, these children grow up and what they do when they're adults and how they deal with their problems then. <laughs> and it's a fucking show about karate. And yes. I'm sure we're going to say that loads and I shouldn't be getting that worked up about it. But like Karate Kid has so many gut punches when you're looking at it after Cobra Kai and thinking like of everything that Daniel-san is going to become and when he first meets Mr. Miyagi. And obviously Johnny Lawrence is not a very three-dimensional character here, but still there's moments with him when you're thinking of everything in Cobra Kai. And I don't know, it it makes the whole experience of watching Karate Kid totally different in a way I didn't expect. I thought it just went the other way around, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think we've... We've talked a little bit in passing when we've always mentioned how, like, damn, we got to get our Cobra Kai show going. Uh, that, there, like, the movie itself, like, it's a little of both. Like, you know, Karate Kid on surface is like, like you said, such a product of its time, and you just think it's this dated thing. And Cobra Kai seems like it's such a smart way to kind of play around with that, but also, it's it's like it's cohesive because they lay enough groundwork there and the showrunners of Cobra Kai are smart enough to mine those like little things that are in the movie that it all works so well. And I mean, not to jump too ahead, but just the fact that when it ends and Johnny goes up to him and he's like, you know, you're all right, LaRusso or whatever he says, like it's, it's such an important thing that, kind of plays out really well in Cobra Kai, but also it's such a smart thing that they put in the movie because it ties into what Mr. Miyagi says when he says, you know, it's not uh, like he's, he's not a bad, there's no such thing as a bad student. It's just a bad teacher. 
So yeah. he's they're laying into that like subtle little moment that yeah, it is Crease is the real villain. This kid Johnny, yeah, we make him kind of he's a bully, he's a classic '80s bully. But they give just enough of a little bit there to show that he's just a kid. And even the other kids, when um, you know, he's he's telling the other guy to like uh, just just kick his leg and injure him, and he's like, "But but sensei, you know, I could beat him." Yeah. Like they, he, there's little reminders that these are just kids, and they are in a silly karate <laughs> tournament. <laughs> but yeah. you know, there's like important subtext of how adults can really uh, affect a, a kid's life and, you know, pe- pe- they really will learn from an adult and what kind of sway you have. Absolutely. Yeah, they hint at that. There's a, it just small stuff that in Karate Kid just makes it a better film that also means that it can be expanded upon much more effectively, like those little moments that uh, just, you know, in the moment it's just like this hints at a three-dimensionality and a lot more happening behind the scenes of the minds of these characters, even though it's a cheesy 80s film. Uh, And also, similarly with all the talk of, like, the clip from the beginning of our episode where Miyagi's talking about uh, life and finding balance and and these things that are are things that you can carry with you through your whole life and see, like, how has this affected you in the future and just how you relate to the past. And, of course, I mean, fucking gut punch uh number one uh mr miyagi's own background his past and how that relates to the future and everything i mean there's just there's a lot going on here and it's just a fabulous 80s cheese on top of everything as well yeah yeah and what i want to ask about this movie is like i'm obviously aware of a three-act structure I don't, I don't, I'm not like, I don't read books on it, so I don't know all the specifics. I hear people talk about how, you know, especially in a movie, you want the inciting incident or whatever, this thing to happen on page this and whatnot. But when I was rewatching the movie here, I mean, I guess it kind of has a three-act structure, but not really, right? I mean, are, are you a bit more versed in the more specifics of a three-act structure? Because it feels like they do stuff that you you're not supposed to do but it makes the movie better because they spend more time i guess maybe in the second act or because it feels like it's a long time before he becomes friends with mr miyagi and then even then it's kind of a long time before he starts training him and then even in the training like that goes a long time and then the whole thing with ali it like that i think is more of a negative because ali the thing with ali is it like we're repeating the same scenario over and over again where Daniel gets mad because he doesn't like his station in life and rejects her. And then he comes back and apologizes and whatever, but I don't know what, what can you tell me about the three act structure in karate kid? Damn. I wish I knew beforehand that this, this Ah, had homework. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't mean to put you on the spot like that, but no, no, it's I, I love thinking about that sort of thing. The thing I always uh, try to advocate about when you talk about story structure and things like that, it's always comes down to uh, what works for you as a writer. Mm-hmm. Like if you're writing something, you can apply the same principles, whether you call it a three act structure or you call it a story circle or you call it, you know, hero's journey or whatever, as whatever works for you to put together the better story it's basically the same shit underneath, I think. Yeah. It's basically just comes down to what's a good story. Um, but if we're looking at it as a three-act structure, I think the pace of the film is probably maybe throwing you off there where you're thinking, yeah. 
because you know we do hang out a lot in these moments and it adds so much to the film especially like moments with mr miyagi uh that are more contemplative and stuff like that and, and not just you know shoving lessons down your throat but sort of sitting with certain things um but yeah no it's it's fairly long as a film uh i'd say it's also I, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure I could sit down and pick out the different inciting incidents and whatever. And yeah. you could probably pretty clearly divide it where it's, I think it's, I'm just checking the, the storyline now if I'm, if I'm uh, fooling myself, but it is kind of exactly, it's almost the middle of the film when he gets the challenge, you know, for doing a, doing the big fight. For in, the, yeah, uh, like the, the tournament. tournament. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say the middle bit is still the escalating stuff uh I, sorry yeah no i I'm, I, I don't have it in my head exactly but i i'm i feel that it's very structurally sound it's just that the pace is a bit different and that's why it feels like that though the one thing that sticks out to me is you're usually always supposed to have a thing after the climax that sort of shows you how things settle down <laughs> yeah, yeah and it's kind of a bold move that they just freeze on mr miyagi there but i think but because of everything beforehand, because we've had the more time to settle in with things, because uh, Mr. Miyagi talks about the future and balance and things like that, and also because Lawrence uh, runs up with the trophy and gives it to him, like, that's all you need at the very end. You don't, like, it wouldn't even make sense to have an extra scene afterwards where it's like, and this is what Daniel's life was like after that. It would just cheapen it. And that moment, they spend so much time building to it, and it's so great that it would just kind of make it a bit more, uh, I don't know, they don't need anything else. It's just, I'm, I'm, I feel like, I don't know the production, but I feel like they had more stuff after that, and they were just like, nah, just end yeah. it there. That's the good moment. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> funny, to, too. Cut to music. I, I was watching it uh, with my girlfriend, and and she even like said she's like I love that it just ends on Mr Miyagi like it cuts yeah. to him like look like proud of Daniel and then yeah I think you just kind of can hear Daniel like off screen being like yeah Mr Miyagi and then it just fades it. out yeah and yeah I guess you're right looking at it I guess it's about 49 minutes in is when they walk into Cobra Kai together uh, uh, Mr Miyagi and Daniel to kind of lay down the challenge the movie I mean I guess with credits it's like showing me two hours six minutes but yeah i guess it ends about two two hours two minutes or so and yeah you're right i guess it's because you're right it's more the pacing because i think they kind of hit they hit a few of the moments like more than once and i'm not complaining i'm not saying that's bad i guess it's kind of a nice like uh um like a juxtaposition to now like you know you mentioned the 80s cheese and there's definitely 80s cheese there but we like to think of ourselves as more refined now and our enter- like, uh, entertainment so much more elevated. But in a, in a weird way, I guess things are more formulaic now. So when I watch this movie, it, it comes off a little more off kilter because they're spending more time like with Mr. Miyagi and with Daniel. And you mentioned like Mr. Miyagi's backstory, which they touch on in such a brilliant scene that I, in my mind, I'm like that movie. They, they wouldn't even have that now because mm. they would give maybe a it doesn't small... serve the story enough yes. or whatever. <laughs> and and I don't. I I wonder. I don't know if there was uh, discussion or pushback when they were making the film. If they were like, oh, do we need this? Because you could totally see them taking that out, and it would be a travesty if they did because it's such a great scene and moment and explanation of Mr. Miyagi and like tragedy. Yeah. But I, I give it so much credit for it being there. And we like to think that, 
you know, uh, not necessarily all older films, but especially if we point to something like it's from the 80s called The Karate Kid, and you'd like to think of it as just some like cornball movie, but like it has a scene like that, and it's and it's it, there's so much depth there, and it, like as a kid, obviously I don't know what's going on. I'm not picking up. I'm like, oh, Mr. Miyagi's drunk. This is funny. He's yelling and <laughs> drinking, uh, <Yeah. laughs> and now I'm watching, it and I have like tears in my eyes, and oh, I'm yeah. like this poor guy who still fought for his country and it took everything away from him and that's why like he's still like this hermit and i like to think that you know daniel is this uh his first like connection ever like (laughs) since all this tragedy in his life but whatever either way it just it really struck me watching it and just thinking about the way the movie plays out and i guess it's because they don't just hit the incident and then immediately get the ball moving to the next thing they might hit the hit the moment and then let things breathe a bit and then we start getting into the next thing and i guess it struck me a bit in comparison to a lot of the stuff that comes out now was well, directed by john g avildsen who directed rocky famously mm. um and uh, Rocky's a film that I've seen so many jokes and references to, but I only watched a couple of years ago for the first time. Uh, and that's also an interesting one where it's because like, it's obviously almost 10 years before Karate Kid. Um, but like the pace is so different from what you expect. Yeah. Because there's been like a dozen or a hundred films with Rocky similarities since they've sort of perfected in quotes that formula and made it like, this is what a film about, you know, a big fight or a sports team or whatever. This is what the film should be like. So you have the, you hit those moments and then you eat your popcorn and you go the fuck home. And in Rocky, like there were a lot of those types of moments as well, where it's like, uh, we're sitting with this and we're sitting with that. And part of that is just like, filmmaking being different in the 70s and 80s but it's also like i don't know it's a i mean besides the fact that it's uh (laughs) has a big fight at the end (laughs) that's a similarity as well but besides that just the willingness to sit with unexpected parts of it to explore unexpected uh, emotional bits of something that could just be a big fight thing because i feel like they would have the same moments in a modern version, we're not going to talk about the 2010 Jackie Chan Karate Kid on this podcast, if I have anything to say with it. <laughs> but as a reference point, uh, a more modern, say, made in the 2010s uh, film along the same lines would try to have the same moments, but they'd probably feel hollow. That's what I feel like. And it somehow doesn't, even though it's so cheesy and I know I'm probably blinded by affection, but I feel like the acting is surprisingly good in it, which it yeah. probably isn't really, but I don't know. Maybe it's just because they have a different, uh, like there's a realism to it, but at the same time you have the bullies coming in on dirt bikes and there's cheesy 80s music. <laughs> yes, it's just yeah. a great combination for me. Yeah, and I, and like the chemistry can fill in a lot too. Uh, yeah. if, if, if there was, because I agree, I think the acting's really good as well, but it, even if you did nitpick, some of the chemistry just works so well. And then also like going back to Rocky, and I guess this could even work as an extension to Karate Kid because I haven't seen the sequels since I was little. And we're going to check those two and three out again. Rocky became such a thing because then the sequels like bastardized. Mm. People forgot that when you watch the first Rocky, it's it's completely different than if you're watching like Rocky four or something when he's fighting Mother Russia and making big statements about how we can all come together and we can 
we can change the world and stuff like that, which, you know, Hey, their, their thoughts are in the right place, but it's like, so cornball with like, uh, the, the, the scary Russian guy. I mean, are we going to do our Rocky podcast next? (laughs) The scary Russian guy (laughs) training in the, the Alps or some shit and poor little uh, Rocky being the, the up and comer. Um, but yeah, like, so you forget between the first Rocky or even the karate kid that there's more to it than that. And especially, I think the first thought would be, you know, the modern day thinking is that most things, especially when you go into the 80s, the 90s, 70s, whatever, that things are very problematic. And when you have a movie like The Karate Kid and I guess you have a, you know, a white kid learning from, you know, an other, an Asian uh, uh, immigrant, you would think, oh, that was made in the 80s. That's going to be fucking ridiculous. But... Mm. I feel like it, I, th- I think a lot of people would maybe gear up to write their think pieces in this day and age. Like, what can we pick from the 80s to to talk about how it's bad now? But I think you'd be hard pressed to find stuff in The Karate Kid, because I think it's especially for the time what you'd expect. It's very respectful. And like the way we mentioned that when we get into uh, Miyagi's backstory, there's a lot there. And it's I don't think people would really expect that. Yeah, um, let's see, what was I thinking in relation to that? First off, did Rocky fight a robot, or is that like a Simpsons bit? Because no, I'm he, not sure, I didn't watch him. He, um, had, he was so rich, he had his own robot. Like, he, was, he had a robot that would come in and bring him drinks and stuff. It was like a sign that Rocky was losing, like losing the fight, basically. He was <laughs> becoming too rich and not part of the people like he used to be. Yeah. Okay. And the other thing was, if you're looking for something to nitpick uh, in that sense, I guess the only thing I can think of is like the uh, healing. Yeah, the Asian magic. Yeah. Uh, But like, I feel like that's well and truly balanced out by diving into actually telling young people, which is the main audience, like about the travesties against Asian Americans at the time. So, I mean, it kind of balances out, I say. Yeah. (laughs) And the you could almost write that. I mean, it definitely. This is like a uh, this is a weak defense of it, but I'm just saying like if people believe in like uh, massages or acupuncture or something, you could maybe try to rationalize it. Like I'm just saying, if you looked at it on paper, like if you never, if you had no idea what the Karate Kid was, and someone came up to you and said, "Hey, there's this movie from the '80s, and it's about how an old Asian man tr- uh, trains a white kid." in karate so he could fight his bullies you'd be like oh my god fire that motherfucker in let's watch it because it's gonna be you know so racist and problematic but i I don't think it 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 hits the expectations that people would have yeah and uh so as far as that there's two things that i find interesting which is that uh originally they they didn't want uh do do you pronounce it pat uh Yes. Uh, yep. his name? Yeah. So he he auditioned for it, but they rejected him because he they thought of him as more of a too comedic kind of character, and he was on Happy Days. Yeah. I mean, I've never watched Happy Days. I'm sure you have intimate knowledge uh, <laughs> as a 
in, encyclopedic knowledge of all U.S. sitcoms, <laughs> but uh, he was on Happy Days. Um, but yeah, after like some, it says after some failed attempt, attempts, he grew a beard and sort of patterned his accent after his uncle, and obviously like was able to show that no, I can do a serious thing as well. And then he was nominated for an Oscar for it. Yes. Uh, so so there's that. And interestingly as well, so the the uh, the script is written by Robert Mark Kamen Kamen, who also wrote like well it wrote for punisher fifth element transporter and of course angel has fallen uh oh wow <laughs> i didn't realize that holy shit uh, i know fantastic fantastic film so interestingly uh <laughs> when he was 17 it's partly semi-autobiographical because um he was beaten up by some bullies and began to study martial arts to defend himself but he was unhappy with his first teacher uh who taught martial arts as a tool for violence and revenge so he moved on to study okinawan karate under a japanese teacher who did not speak english but who was himself a student of this certain type of karate that i can or yeah a martial artist who founded this school of karate from the okinawan uh, islands so i can't really pronounce any of it i'm afraid but it's interesting that yeah that is it's totally a true story <laughs> uh, also based on apparently there was someone else who had optioned a news article about a young child of a single mother who had earned a black belt to defend himself against neighborhood bullies so there was like a news article that was optioned I guess in the same way that you option a book or whatever they bought the rights to the news article mm. um, and then they someone else had done that and they were in touch with uh, Robert uh, at the time and they combined it and he was like yeah fuck it we'll just take that and then I'll write my own story based on it so uh, yeah it's uh, it's a true story <laughs> well weird because that that's still that movie Hustlers was the same thing it was like a I guess it was a magazine article but that got optioned into that so they, that's still mm-hmm. going on that, that's interesting because I didn't realize that I didn't know that there was kind of some real uh, real history behind it as well um, cause uh, the only thing I was going to also qualify is like, again, I haven't seen Karate Kid part two or part three since I was, <laughs> yeah. so maybe as we start getting in the sequels, that changes a bit. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of impressed by it. I was just impressed that you would think like, oh great, here we go. Here's another thing. When we look at it more in a modern point of view, you'd be able to nitpick more from it, but, uh, no, nah, just an all around great film. Great, great movie. Um, I do love that. I mean, this is some of the stuff they touch on a bit in like the Daniel was the bully. But like even at the beginning, like when Johnny rolls up, like you mentioned, they got the corny music playing uh, where it's like, like back in the days when we were young and like his buddy offers him a beer and he's like, no way, man. Nope. Senior year, baby. (laughs) (laughs) This is my rebuild year. Like this is going to be great. And even like the whole thing with like, um, well, there's the bizarre. It's I guess it's not that bizarre. Again, it's more like the pacing of the time, the way the movie starts out, and over the opening credits, we have like this whole montage of the you know cross country trip. Like nowadays, oh, yeah. it would just be like, no, they pull up, they're unpacking. Here we go, let's start the movie. But you know, yeah. we spend a little time as they're. We even get to see a quick glimpse of Daniel's New Jersey neighborhood, and they're all like waving goodbye. Um, and then, he, but he, I, I love the idea that he immediately kind of makes a friend, Freddie Rodriguez, yeah. but then even Freddie is like <laughs> kind of making this fun of him. No, yeah. I love that. I love that when he gets beaten up, these guys who he's hanging out with, having a good time, they're all like, man, this guy's a loser because he got beat up. <laughs> and even for a moment, like at the, when they're at the beach bonfire, Freddie feels bad for him. But the next yeah. day in school, 
that peer pressure as a mother because you know at that point he's he's on board too he's like yeah whatever karate kid like they they have the titular line where they're like hey karate yeah. kid because to be fair daniel is kind of like yeah you know I, I i did a little karate back home like he is kind of i guess you got to do it you're in a new you're in a new state new city new new people you're the new kid he has to pitch himself as kind of a tough guy but uh that karate does not play off too well when he meets johnny and uh gets beat up <laughs> No, and I do. I I kind of like that he has like yeah he's in he's into karate before this, but he's just not like he doesn't he doesn't have the right karate for him uh, yet. He's just doing the kicks, so it it kind of makes it more realistic than him just going. But but I've never fought anyone than like yeah. just being the worst ever. But he, it's clear that he is a hothead, and like fighting is not something that is totally foreign to him. It's just that he keeps getting beaten up here. Um, I do love as well when he's arriving there, like you said, he's kind of like, yeah, you know, I did some, whatever. And like yeah. Daniel's just, he, he just, uh, and the way he flirts with Ali as well. I don't know if uh, I'm right, but he just, it's very rare. Maybe it's even more rare these days, but to have a character who's like, he's just kind of cool, you know? <laughs> His, he's got the one-liners and everything, but he's like, he plays it all super casual and like things don't work out for him. Like, I... If if he played it this way and everything kind of worked out for him fine without any trouble, you'd really dislike him. But like he kind of has the cool lines and everything, but then he keeps getting like uh, beat up and shit on and everything. <laughs> so you're like, oh man, Daniel said I like this guy because I feel like usually these days you just I don't know make him a computer nerd or something to yeah. make his journey more dynamic. From like he definitely would never fight anyone, and it goes all the way to him being a karate master or whatever. But I don't know, uh, it, it kind of works better this way. And then you show him show in all sorts of small ways like yeah he gets water for the dog that's down there and he doesn't like he's he's a really good kid to his mom and yeah. all this stuff so i don't know it just kind of works yeah yeah and like the thing is i was i was looking into it while i was watching this movie and again i haven't seen the sequels in a while and i don't remember if they cover this on cobra kai i don't think they do but i was i was trying to like i was like well, what about daniel's father and i i mean i guess from what wikipedia says is that uh, David LaRusso had stomach cancer and he passed away. And I mean, maybe this is spoilers for two or three again. I don't really remember. And um, his last words were, you know, remember, I'll always love you. So this poor kid, you know, not only is he moving away from his friends, it's always tough in high school, especially to move and go to a new place. And he lost his yeah. dad and he's got a chip on his shoulder because, he, you know, he is kind of cool. And he's trying to make new friends. He's trying to impress people. And it's not working out. But he's also got a little anger there. And, you know, obviously Mr. Miyagi's got his situation. And, of course, that writes itself as far as they're fulfilling those roles in each other's lives. The father figure and, you know, yeah. filling in for the, for the family. But I hope, I hope it's not just someone just made that up and it's on the... Uh, <laughs> And it's on the wiki. I assume they'll get into this in one of the movies. Or do you remember that being in Cobra Kai where he talks about his dad? No, that's okay. not in Cobra Kai. And also, I don't, uh, I don't know. There's like no sources for this on the wiki. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Because I was trying to dig around too. So I don't know if someone just made it up or what, I guess. And well, it also says fictional biography. And I don't know. Maybe that was like on a, 
you know, it was the 80s. I assume there was like some oh, yes. short-lived uh, short-lived uh, magazine series or comics or like maybe some little Dude, trading cards I gonna, with I was, Karate Kid backstories. Absolutely what I was going to say, a trading card. It was probably was, yeah. there was the David LaRusso trading card on the back. It said, you know, he had stomach cancer, died when Daniel was eight years old. And he told him that he'll always love him. And then they move. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the other thing I want to talk about with his mom, it's such a bizarre thing. I don't know why they do it. But at the beginning, Daniel's like, yeah, you know, my mom's got a new job, uh, computers or something. And then I think it's, she's talking yes. to Freddie. And Freddie's like, ah, oh, computers, wow. And then, but then they're in the restaurant later, and she's like, this restaurant is going to make me a manager, and they're going to pay all my benefits. You could never get that in computers. And I'm like, she just went through a career change uh, and decided to go the restaurant route over computers in the age of, like, the dawning of Microsoft. <laughs> Here's the thing that doesn't make any sense, all right? It makes perfect sense because he says that, right? And then you see her working in the restaurant. Yeah. And you're like, okay, he was, like, being cool, tough guy, insecure about his mother and being yeah. a single mother and all that and said she had a way cooler, higher paying job than she actually does. But then her mother says, <laughs> I could never get this kind of money working in computers. <laughs> and the same fictional biography that we just referenced about his dad also says that Lucille accepted a job at a computer firm. So this doesn't make any sense, Jim. I, don't, I, I think that this is um, f- all fictional. I think maybe she worked in computers back in New York. And beyond that, I have no idea. I don't understand well, it at all. And I hope Cobra Kai Season 3 finally <laughs> solves this dilemma for us. Well, because I have to imagine that a restaurant gig isn't setting her up with an apartment. But then I guess I guess maybe she set up on her own. But it's almost inferred that maybe the her job, like she got this job and the job set her up with the place. I don't know. Maybe the restaurant would set her up with that place because it's not as nice as she's making it out to be with the whole pool and all that stuff. Uh, but I, I love that it... it I don't know. There's enough there where I think you're right. You could think that maybe Daniel's just playing it up, but she does specifically mention computers. Working computers. And, and she also, she says in the restaurant scene that, uh, great news, they're going to train me to be a manager. Yes. There's no way they get someone across the country <laughs> to be a waitress yeah. and then suddenly decide they're going to be trained up to be a manager. Like, f- f- like surely she would have known, but I, I feel like this is one of those unanswerable questions um, that we'll just have to wait for season three to start. Uh, this is what I'm waiting for. Yeah, agreed. And, and going back to kind of like the little moments that make Daniel likable, I think it's it's a, a very likable, cute moment when his mom walks away and he's still talking about Allie. And he's yeah. like, yeah, you know, she's smart, like really smart. And there's, uh, you know, hot. Yeah, I'd say she's hot. And he's just talking to himself. Great moment. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Yeah, big weirdo. I mean, if we're talking about moments, uh, I have to mention, like, basically anything with Mr. Miyagi in it, because of Cobra Kai, because of all the flashbacks and everything, it just enhances every time he's on screen. Um, But, I mean, especially finding out the sad backstory about his wife and his uh, child that was never born and the... Like, what actually got to me, what actually had me, like, bawling is the bow, uh, because... Because Daniel's son's there, and he puts Mr. Miyagi to bed, and he, like, reads the newspaper clippings and looks at the medals. And then on the way out, he he stops, and he bows. And I'm getting teared up talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> We're a bit choked up. Yeah. Because th- cause he's not there to see him bow. Uh, that's him showing, like, he's actually taking in what Mr. Miyagi is learning, and he's also recognizing what's going on and... 
showing him respect in the way that's appropriate and all of this stuff. So, uh, yeah, that yeah. that really got me. <laughs> no, it's making me like misty eyed, making me misty eyed, <laughs> like you describing it and remembering it. Yeah, it's 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 so great. Um, it, like that scene, like not too long ago, it was like a few months ago, actually, like. I forget what I was doing, but it, like the idea of it popped in my head. So, you know, in this age with yeah. YouTube, you could just pull it up. And, yeah, I'm just watching it on YouTube. And, yeah, I have, like, tears in the corner <laughs> of my eye. Uh, and, 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 I mean, it even is kind of like it's, it's even, uh, I mean, I guess I don't want to say tragic. But, like, just the idea that, you know, Pat Morita is no longer with us, so he can't be on this show. Because I think, like... I mean, he was Mr. Miyagi many a time since then. I mean, between, like, Karate Kid 2, Karate Kid 3, then they did a new Karate Kid with Hilary Swank. Um, and so, like, I, I know I mean, he did get nominated for an Oscar and stuff like that, but in the same way that it's really cool that Cobra Kai exists and, like, Ralph Macchio and um, is it, what, Daniel Zopka? Is, is that his name that plays uh, Johnny? Like, the way that these... these um, Act, oh, William Zopka, I'm sorry. William Zopka. Yeah. The way these actors can come back and kind of relive these parts, but also kind of get some shine for it. Like, it's such, I think it's really cool. It's cool that that dude gets to be, gets to have his own show, essentially, and replay this character, but in a fun, interesting way, and get to get some shine off of that. It would have been nice for... Uh, Pat Morita to also be able to come back. So, you know, it's a little bum out. And of course I hope to see, and I mean, they're, they're hinting at it heavily. So I'd be surprised if they don't, but Elizabeth Shue come back as Allie as well. Allie with an eye. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, yeah. I mean, can you imagine if he was in this, uh, but, <laughs> but then like the nostalgia factor is almost enhanced by just, we only can see him through these sort of glimpses yeah. and whatever. But it is really interesting that they get to come back, a lot of them, and add dimensions to this and go like, huh, you thought it was just a, a cheesy uh, cheesy show or a, a cheesy film from your uh, childhood, huh? Now I'm a cheesy show from your present. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's still a cheesy show and it still has those, like, the bits I love from this of, like, the gang pulling up with their dirt bikes and the 80s music is blasting. They get to do that level of cheese that's sort of almost, like, Riverdale sort of related but it's good, and I just—it's just so seldom that you see shows like this that are good. Never mind the fact that it's capitalizing on nostalgia. Most remakes and and you know sequels and everything, like the whole concept is just known for being a rehash of something that's boring, doesn't add anything to the original. And uh, Cobra Kai is just an example of what you should do if you resurrect something that it's adding so much to it but then also re-watching the film as we've said many times now it adds value to that as well it's a a the absolute opposite of every bad sequel and every bad remake that you've ever seen where it actually makes you bummed out when you yes. watch the original thing yes yeah and and going back to like the mr miyagi character this show and as we'll get into it when we talk about the show more the fact that he like is such a uh like a spirit like a part of the show and i mean especially when we get into stuff with daniel's character the the show pays proper respects and you feel his presence throughout it and yeah. yeah and again like after watching the show and then going back to the movie it makes complete sense and i mean even going into the movie like 
the Miyagi sense of humor is really great as well. Like, because even though, you know, they throw in that moment where there's uh, those racist guys, uh, because, you know, that's another like, it's not like they're they're they don't play into it, uh, maybe arguably enough or too much. Like nowadays, I'm sure that would be a bigger part of the movie if you made the Karate Kid now. But just the fact that they have the scene where the guys, you know, talking shit to him and they get their beers on the car and then he karate chops yeah. the top off but then it's so great that he's like how'd you do that he's like oh, i don't know <laughs> never <laughs> the first time uh, so perfect yeah that's really good uh yeah i'm sure we could talk about this film for hours but we have to zoom on into karate kid part two and three and lots of cobra kai to come so please subscribe if you're on the new feed uh if you're listening to this on our shows what you know feed please search for no mercy on your podcatcher of choice to subscribe to the feed where all of this is going to drop or uh simply go to shows what you I also wanted to mention, since this is going to be a sort of new podcast, part of the Shows What You Know Network, we'd very much appreciate some reviews on yes. Apple Podcasts. You can just search for No Mercy, a Cobra Kai kickback, uh, or just No Mercy should probably bring it up, I hope. Um, and then we're going to be on Spotify and all the other ones, wherever you like, just search for No Mercy. Uh, is there anything we should add beyond that? I just have one more thing. Do you have well, anything? Well, before to- you have your one more thing, I do want to just point out that while I was watching this movie, I was looking up how to get a bonsai tree. And I guess if we're going to do a podcast, I'm probably going to have to order one and then, you know, make sure I take care of it and figure out what needs to be done in that respect. So, you know, hey, if uh, maybe you should uh, submit a review and tell me I should get a bonsai tree. I really look forward to three episodes from now when you're like, yeah, I tried that visualization thing where you uh, close your eyes and you imagine the tree just got a stump left. So a uh, bit of a shit teacher that Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> Uh, yeah let us know how many bonsai trees you want to get after watching karate kid in a review on apple podcasts uh but beyond that i just have one more thing to say and that thing is strike first strike hard no No mercy. mercy